My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical liberal chemicalist. Yay. Today is unimportant because with the magical, mystical TARDIS blue car, I am going to uh, mess with the timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly bits and say it is her video games day. Yeah. Uh, as you are no doubt aware, on Thur Video Games Day, within within the Liberal Cube, we talk about video games. And boy, howdy, are we going to do that today. Boy, howdy. Hmm. In fact, I have upwards of four or five games to talk about. Living in a land of plenty in I will say that this drive-in may take me a little longer than normal because, once again, it is a shitty, shitty, snow-covered drive. Not as bad as that last time that I brought this up that was really horrible and had took me at least twice as long as it normally does. Now I'm going just under the speed limit, so that's not as bad as when I was going half the speed limit that time. Still, I don't like snow. It's minus 13. That doesn't bug me too much. You know, I got you put on a pair of gloves, put on a tube, put on a jacket, you're good to go. A couple of layers, maybe. Bob is your step-grandfather-in-law, in my case. But it's the snow on the roads that I don't like. So, let's leave it at that. Something that I try to do at the beginning of every episode, and am quite often successful, is to mention that there will be spoilers. So, um, let's talk about, which I don't think we have in a while, uh, spoilers and how important they are. Um, And I want to kind of get your opinion and gauge your opinion on this. For me, a spoiler... Warning, alert, is most important when talking about movies. If a movie is spoiled for me, um, that's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible feeling. Followed closely, yeah, closely, by TV. Then next, ooh, books or video games? Um, Then books. Like, I have read books where I knew what the ending was going to be, and didn't really bother me. And then uh, video games. If a video game is spoiled for me, the story, that is, uh, I'm not going to be overly upset. I'd rather it didn't happen, but if it did happen, I'd still play the game. It's not like I'd put it aside and not even look at it. So how do you, how do you, uh, how do you feel about that? Your thoughts, your opinions, your questions, comments, and concerns. Oh, shit. Uh, okay, so, so far on this drive, the worst shoveled part is the part where I have to drive up this giant hill. Uh, why wouldn't they do that the best? And I have, I have nerves over driving up 
giant hills in snow because I've spun out doing just that, and I didn't like it. Uh, okay, that's a bit better. Anyways, uh, so you can send all that stuff to the email address provided in the closing credits, and I would uh, be happy to hear from you. And will respond. Guaranteed. That's a uh, Jordan Danger Maywood guarantee. Okay, so today's sponsor is Gordon Freeman's Throat Lozenge and Crowbar Emporium. Once again, today's sponsor is Gordon Freeman's Throat Lozenge and Crowbar Emporium. Game the first is an iPhone game. Uh, I brought back, is this the second one? I think the first one was Shadow Era, which, as predicted, um, got really, really into for a little while, and then um, kind of blew through and have not played in at least a couple of weeks. It was a card battle game. This game is in sort of a kind of a new category of games, kind of. It is sort of boiled down, um, you could say, I think, safely, that it is a point-and-click adventure game, kind of, boiled down. However, this sort of new breed of game uh, has is often called the escape game, in which you are um, in a room trying to escape it. So uh, I've played some of these in the past, as I'm sure anyone who has played video games online on the computer, I mean, has done so. This one uh, is definitely, for me, the best one I've ever played. So, get that out of there right off the bat. Good to the point that when I had completed it, I was really wanting more. Wish it could have been longer. Um, wanting more even... Uh, to the point where I signed up, not signed up, but um, liked the maker of this game on Facebook so that when they make uh, new iterations of this game, I will be aware and can purchase them immediately. Uh, that good. Which uh, I can't imagine they won't make more because this game, I think, did very well with the critics and players alike and sold tons and tons and tons of copies. Something uh, that is good for you, if you are hesitant to try a game like this, is the first level is free. So uh, very, very smart from a marketing standpoint there. So play the first level if you like it. It is uh, $4.99, which for an iPhone game, or was it, dollar? I think I might have got it on sale for $1.99. Uh, I think it's normally $4.99, though, which for an iPhone game, it's kind of a little bit, com comparatively speaking. You know, that being said, how often have you spent $60 on a PlayStation game? So, apples and, and different, different types of apple comparison there. Now, how do I describe this game? It is... Hmm, it's not so much... A, it is sort of, kind of, I guess, deep down, the underlying story is, is that escape game where you're trying to unlock a door at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. But it is almost more of a puzzle box. Oh, yeah, yeah, how, how about that? A puzzle box opening game. 
in which you will, um, in each chapter, and uh, shit, I forgot to write down how many chapters there were, I think it was four or five, you'll um, sort of come into this room that in the middle of the room sits a box, a safe, a table, a what have you, sitting in the middle that is sort of like a puzzle box that you'll have to solve various puzzles in order to open up different parts of this box until you finally complete it. Now, me describing it like that probably doesn't sound totally crazy interesting. However, um, things they've done right to make that awesome is it's beautiful. It's a beautiful uh, game to look at, I think, which is kind of surprising when you're basically just looking at a box um, or a table or whatever. Um, something I quite often do not do with an iPhone game is play with the sound on. However, with this game, I definitely recommend you do so because it, it adds a definite air of scary tension. Um, like it's like kind of like a little bit scary music vibe and then something that always gets me is the sort of uh, can't quite hear them whispers Ugh, gives me shivers so I uh, definitely listen it listen to it with uh, the sound on maybe play it in the dark get that extra little scary vibe and then the puzzles are are great uh, quite often in point and click adventure games and room escape games and games such as this um, things kind of won't be logical, like you'll have to make very strange logical leaps in order to complete puzzles, but uh, I never really found that, and that, that happened in this game. Uh, puzzle boxes, oh, um, it's not just you doing these puzzles, you're sort of um, uncovering a story while this is happening, so you'll occasionally in sort of drawers or in this in a safe or um or what have yous uh will uncover letters from the creator of these boxes who i think a good way to look at him and how i looked at him was he was a mad scientist who created this a mad scientist who had sort of uh delved into that whole uh into that whole uh earth air fire and water mumbo-jumbo, um, how everything is made up of earth, air, fire, and water, which, as we know, is not actually true. However, what he uh, was studying was sort of a fifth, um, I don't know if element is the word you could use, but let's use it, element, uh, called null. So sort of everything not earth, air, fire, and water is made of this null element. So uh, that was kind of cool. I liked it. Something that um, I don't know if they were aiming for, but I think they might have been, was that you were, uh, throughout the game, it's almost like you could slowly feel yourself going insane, Ugh. which uh, kind of reminded me of other games have had done sort of a similar vibe to them. Another poorly plowed hill. So uh, let's leave that game behind with my rating of 5 out of 5. Very, very good. Highly recommend. I hope they make more. The Room, it's called. 
for your iDevice. Probably can get it for Android as well. Uh, the, do- the game ends with you um, sucked through a door into like a Stonehenge looking uh, looking area. So kind of maybe they in the next game pull in a little Stonehenge stuff. I don't know. Brings us to our next game, which uh, immediately following this game, I kind of had a Jones for something similar. And as, as I mentioned, the game to me felt a little short just because it was so good, I guess, that I really wanted more. So I searched out other games like this. Uh, one that seemed to get lots of good reviews was called Doors and Rooms, which is sort of more of that classical uh, escape puzzle where you're in a room and you have to escape it. Uh, simple as that. And there's usually a door and you have to get through the door and various puzzly ways. Uh, the game did not look as pretty. Sounds were not, sounds and music were not as good. Uh, just the visuals weren't quite there. The puzzles weren't as good. So it just goes to show you that you can do a game like this right, and you can do a game like this not as right. I still had a little fun. It kind of the room raised my standards so high for an iPhone game that it's going to be hard to me, hard for me to get back into uh, something like this, Doors and Rooms, which to me is more what a, uh, a normal level of iPhone game I have experienced so far. So, did it ruin me for other iPhone games that aren't quite as good? Maybe it did. Ugh. Doors and Rooms... Yeah... Not much to say about it. I don't have any notes that I wrote about it. It's just kind of... It is what it is. I'm going to give it... As low as a 2, some 3s. Just kind of middle of the road. I think uh, I didn't even beat it. I just came to a puzzle that was... (laughs) Either too hard or too boring. And uh, stopped playing it. Okay, so... uh, Games 3 and 4... Oh my god, we are freaking flying along here. Are we not? I'm going to meld into one review, because I only played both of them sort of collectively for about 5-10 minutes. They are free on um, PlayStation Plus. If you are a PlayStation Plus member, I highly recommend doing so. Um, (laughs) Not for these games, but for uh, the fifth game I'll talk about. Uh, the games are Mega Man 9 and 10. Sort of a little uh, retro game in here. I, uh, as a kid, did play... I forget which Mega Man. Well, we're at 9 and 10, so it wasn't one of these. It's Mega Man probably 6. 6 or earlier I played. And I think I did beat it, which... If you've ever played a Mega Man, uh, you will know they were... They were and are goddamn friggin' challenging. Challenging to the point where they are frustrating, which was not unusual back in when you were gaming in the uh, 80s, early 90s, whenever it was that these were around. I, <laughs> I don't know if it's just that I'm old now and have got used to the difficulty level on. 
games now because games are definitely easier than they were back when I was younger. I'm not complaining. I don't, I don't like a frustrating game like this, obviously. Uh, obviously I say because I played Mega Man 9 for maybe five minutes and I played Mega Man 10 for maybe five minutes and died dozens of times very frustratingly. Uh, it was just not fun at all. Did not enjoy it whatsoever. However, they were free, so I guess that 10 minutes of gaming nostalgia was um, worth experiencing, perhaps? Perhaps not. Okay, so <laughs> let's leave those behind and move on to Retro City Rampage. Retro City Rampage uh, definitely has the feel of a retro game. Oh, I see what they did there with the title. However, uh, it is new. Newly created. It uh, also is free on the PlayStation Network. So, uh, I should say that right now traffic is not moving, which never, ever, ever happens on my way to work. I'm going about five kilometers an hour. Must be an accident. I'm not just making up this weather shit. The, uh, the crappy thing from the podcast standpoint there is that I notice that when I am, uh, tooling along at, uh, 80, say 50 to 80 clicks, uh, the podcast sounds good, but when I'm going slow or not moving at all, it's, uh, it sounds a lot quieter, the podcast, which I think has something to do with how I edit out the car sounds. Uh, it probably edits out some of my talking sounds when I, when there are no car sounds. That's my theory. So normally what I do is when I'm stopped, either waiting for a bus or at a red light, I won't talk and then edit that out. However, now, I'm driving five kilometers, and what am I going to do? Tell you what I'll do. I'll, uh, okay, here, here's the plan. I will save the last two games for this afternoon. All right? We're going to have to call this one on account of weather, basically. So I will say, love you, dearies. And maybe I'll also say, once I pass this accident, what's going on? Plan? It is a plan. Uh, once again, me asking a question, but not expecting an answer from you. All right. Definite accident. Oh, no wonder I'm sliding all over the place here. Holy shit. One, two, three, four, six cars. Six car accident. Holy crap. Spare tire. Freaking debris everywhere. Crazy. Still, though, I will save Retro City Rampage and, um, what was the other one? Anomaly Warzone Earth for this afternoon's drive home. So that's not too, uh, too shabby. Today you get, you get four games on the drive-in and two games on the drive home. Man, that is, well, you know what? We've broken our record for most video games talked about in one uh, third video games day episode, so uh, thanks for being here with us for that. Jeez. 
is there? Ambulance. Didn't uh, didn't look like anybody was hurt, but you never know. Coppers. Okay, on the road again. Uh, road again. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. So, minus 16. <laughs> I laugh because minus 16, yet the roads are pretty clear. So, I don't care. I got my gloves on, got a tube on, got a nice jacket on. Good to go. Good to go. I teased you with two games on the afternoon drive home. And that is just what I'm going to provide. I am not your typical uh, say I'm going to do something and then not do it podcaster. No, 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 no. Not like your uh, shitty McGillicuddy out there. Don't listen to his podcast, whatever you do. I hate. I'm going to start a podcasting feud with me and shitty McGillicuddy. Damn him. Damn him straight to hell. Ah, yes. Let's, uh... You know what? Feeling kind of in the mood for a little QQQQ 107 radio roulette to warm up these cold, cold bones. Let's uh, see if we get a tune. Alright. Not a big U2 fan. Uh, I will consider that a song, technically speaking. So, did we win or did we lose? I don't know. The next game, game five? Wait, what did we do? iPhone two? Yeah, game five. Make it nine and ten. We're counting that as two. It's two games, technically. Uh, game five of this jam-packed podcast third video games day episode is Retro City Rampage. Underline the word retro there. I think uh, what they did here is a good thing. They gave, uh, made a new game that just came out, have the feel of a game from the 90s, um, which uh, has been done before. In a game, in particular the game I'm thinking of where it was done before, was a game called uh, 3D Dot Game Heroes in which it was all sort of pixelated, Zelda-esque uh, kind of a feel to it. That game I really liked, uh, mostly because of your sword. Uh, you had sort of many different upgradable swords throughout this game. I think, if I do recall, it's been in a couple of years, in that game, you it was an RPG game. However, you weren't so much upgrading yourself as you were upgrading your sword throughout the game. By the end of the game, <laughs> this was cool in this game, but by the end of the game, my sword, when I took it out and used it, literally took up the entire screen of the TV. That's how big your sword was. It was obviously kind of a joke. Um, no one <laughs> could carry a sword that size, but I liked that. So that game, looking back on it, definite uh, 4 out of 5, I think, if I do recall. Retro City Rampage started off 
as a, also a solid 4 out of 5 for me. Um, let's see what the old notes say. I got a few here. Uh, it's basically, if you ever played some of the first Grand Theft Autos, the kind of top-down look to it, uh, had, a, had a very strong feeling of that, in that you can drive around and run over pedestrians and cops will chase you and you can get into shootouts. So that's sort of your underlying gameplay. However, they throw in a sort of crazy sci-fi-esque story to that sort of gameplay uh, in the form of a time machine. So you travel, I think, forward or back? Huh. They use uh, for their time machine sort of both a uh, Bill and Ted excellent adventure phone booth mixed with a little uh, TARDIS, because I think it was blue, if I do recall. Um, also, heavy, heavy on the Doc Brown uh, DeLorean. So there's all sorts of time-traveling devices. And most of the game that I played anyways was you trying to get parts for... Uh, they didn't call him Doc Brown, but he was a cartoon kind of looking Doc Brown from Back to the Future, Christopher Lloyd, you know, that guy, uh, who I have his autograph and got to meet. Just uh, on since we're on the subject, check out my website, Nerd Kane Adventures, to see uh, that happen. Why not? My next note is, did Melk... Milk in quotes, uh, and it was like drugs. So, the reason I did that is because I have done drugs in video games um, in like the last five video games. It's been ridiculous. In Lollipop Chainsaw, I did mushrooms. In Far Cry, I did mushrooms. In Retro City Rampage, I did like milk that made the whole screen like all psychedelic -y kind of looking. And I think there was another one, too. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of drugs in video games, and uh, I like it. First time, you know what? Why not? A little, uh, since we're talking retro, first time I remember doing drugs in a video game was in, I believe it was Max Payne. I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one. I think it was the first one. And that was a really cool, uh, crazy, scary tense sequence where you were on drugs in a video game. There is, within the game, it's not all just the sort of GTA-esque gameplay. Uh, they do tip their hats to other games as well. You can actually go into arcades in buildings in this world and play classic video games, sort of, with a twist. Um, one of the sequences I had to do involved uh, delivering papers and it was totally ripped from the NES classic game Paperboy. I used to love the game Paperboy. Like, played it for hundreds of hours. Uh, so, the fact that this tip of the hat to that was in this game very much appealed to me. Uh, another character within the game was the Great Game Genie, which uh, you had to kind of find codes for him. So that was a sort of, again, tip of the hat, which this game is full of. Uh, a lot of the times, these are called Easter eggs. However, when they're so blatantly obvious, I don't know if I'd call them Easter eggs. That was a tip of the hat, as I'd like to call them. 
to uh, Game Genie, which, uh, I will admit, when I had Nintendo, I did have a Game Genie. It was fun. You could do crazy shit with it. It was, if you are unfamiliar with the Game Genie, you would plug in your Nintendo game into it, and then plug that into the Nintendo itself, and uh, then type in codes, and it would let you uh, do crazy things in your games, like like in a, in a Mario game, for example, you could uh, have infinite lives, or always be Fire Mario, or things like that. Things like that, or crazier. Uh, the whole game also is rife, uh, rife with Batman references. Oh my god! Jeez. So again, fallen in love with that. Uh, also, there was a whole sequence of uh, Saved by the Bell where you had to get shit for Principal, I think his name in the game was Balding, <laughs> instead of Belding. Um, if I do recall, you kind of went up against Zach Morris, although it was a different name. Uh, yeah. Very, very good. Used to watch that as a kid, coming home from school. So a lot of this shit, it was like they made this game for me. Uh, another section involved the Ghostbusters... Uh, and the game for me ended with a sort of, uh, I think it was harkened back, tip of the hat, to a game called Smash TV, which I never really played, just I'm kind of aware of. And that's where the game fell apart for me, in that it got super, super um, hard to the point where uh, I was just frustrated and knew I had a whole bunch of other games that I could play. So I stopped playing it. I may go back and revisit it. Just because, obviously, talking about it, I was having a good time up until that point. But it did something that I do not miss from retro games. As we talked about in uh, Mega Man 9 and 10 this morning, they were goddamn hard. They were hard, uh, and there's a reason they were hard. Because when games first sort of existed in the arcade... They were hard because the harder they were, the more quarters you were going to put into them in order to play for longer, right? Makes sense from a business standpoint. Then when uh, games came over to Nintendo uh, and more of your consoles, uh, some of that hardness stayed. And then I think over the years has slowly uh, worn away a little bit. It's still there in some games, and there's always... uh, I like it when they have a game difficulty level that you can adjust, which is something I think should be in all games. Uh, yeah, so, got hard and I quit, which I think we've brought up in the podcast before, the sort of life lesson that I want to uh, bring across to the, to the kids listening to this. If things are hard, don't do them. Oh, this message has been brought to you by the Lackadaisical Liberal Keeper Carlist Podcast. Alright, let's move on to the last game of the shoe. Really big shoe. This game, like Mega Man 9 and 10 and Retro City Rampage, was free. <sighs> free if you are a PlayStation Plus member. Look at that. Uh, I just want to point out that In a podcast, I have talked about four different full-length games that you can have for free. And that is just uh, from one, uh, like, 
one or two weeks worth of playings. So, highly, highly recommend that. I think um, PlayStation should give me a royalty for every time I have recommended becoming a PlayStation Plus member. The game in question is Anomaly, colon, Warzone Earth. Yeah, not the greatest title. <laughs> uh, my first note here is that the... You're sort of... Um, no, okay, let's do it this way. This game is what you would call a real-time strategy game. Alright? Real-time strategy games are usually sort of relegated to the PC. Uh, just because they quite often need a lot of controls other than what is provided on your standard controller. Uh, and they're a lot kind of more in-depth than makes possible on a uh, on a console. I've done a fair amount of real-time strategy playing over the years, and it is, I will admit, always best when done on your computer. My uh, sort of... I think I might even go favorite, and where I started, I think, playing these styles of games was the uh, Ages of Empire series, way back in the 90s on the PC. I used to love, uh, love those, played them for hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, so this kind of has that, uh, that vibe a little bit. Um, I should say that it's actually sort of more of a real-time strategy meets tower defense game, okay? So what do I mean by that? A tower defense game is a game in which there's sort of a path on a screen, on your screen, in which uh, bad guys will follow this path in order to get to a goal, okay? In order to stop these bad guys, you place towers along the path to uh, kill them. Now, where this differs is you are the bad guys. And <laughs> the bad guys, the bad guys are the ones who are placing the towers and you are trying to get through this path. Alright, so very, very cool idea. Uh, again, I have played a game in which um, the, the, the computer was the towers and I was the bad guy, so it's, it's not an original idea. Uh, however, it is the first time I've ever done it on console, and it's the first where it has been sort of mixed a little with the real-time strategy. So, uh, definitely high praise for them for trying something new. Uh, new, and not only did they try something new, they uh, succeeded. I think. I had a lot of fun playing this game. It was uh, a little on the short side, but, uh, as I've mentioned before, I believe, if I'm getting a game like this for free from my PlayStation Plus membership, and it's not the longest game, I'm not going to be upset. Whatsoever. If I'm paying $60 for a game and buying it in the store, and it's eight hours long, I'm going to be a little upset. That is not something that uh, professional reviewers will usually say. But uh, I am not a professional reviewer. So, uh, okay. Uh, basically, what will happen in this game is there will be a path, or more accurately, a series of paths you can choose uh, to get to a goal. Okay? 
you will then choose what sort of units you want to lay down from sort of like, um, I'm not going to be accurate here, but let's say, because this is a kind of a little more futuristic-y, you'll have like a jeep with a gun, and then um, you'll have uh, a tank, or you'll have something that will shoot flames, or, or different kind of units like that. And then you'll have a certain amount of money, which you can spend on these units, uh, you'll buy them, and then you'll make your way choosing whatever path you choose to your goal. Um, the story is that it takes place sometime in the future, I think, and Earth sees a uh, couple of meteorites headed towards it. One of them lands in Baghdad, and one of them lands in Tokyo. You start off heading towards the uh, Baghdad one. Why do you do this? Why would the army go in? Because the uh, whatevers, let's say, that hit the earth have brought up sort of domes around themselves. So it landed in Baghdad and didn't destroy Baghdad, but rather um, kind of captured Baghdad under a giant dome, which I think, did I review the Stephen King's book Under the Dome on the podcast? I think I might have. I remember that book. Awesome. Five out of five. So, uh, when it happened in a video game, very similar circumstance, I was happy. Those poor Baghdadians and Tokoians, I did not care a whit for them. I just wanted to get in there and kill aliens. Which is strange, now that I think about it, because when you get under the dome, you don't see a single human being, just these uh, aliens. And you never actually see the aliens exactly, you just see sort of the towers that they put up to kind of block your route that you have to make your way through. As you can imagine, um, as you progress through the game, you will get more and more powerful units to purchase and throw down to go against these towers, and the aliens you go against will get more and more powerful towers. And i just like to say that, that uh, their progression in power is, I think, much more than yours. So it starts off pretty easy, uh, but by the end of the game, you are scrambling to, to make it to these goals and to, to, uh, it's not always just go from point A to point B. There's quite often missions and shit you gotta complete, uh, along the way. Very, very fun game. I will, uh, jeez. Um, no, yeah, I'm gonna go four. Yeah, definite solid four out of five. Highly recommend you check it out if you like anything I have just said about it. Uh huh. So, if you like, uh, give it a shot and uh, let me know what you thought of it. For all of these games, in fact, you agree, you disagree, let me know. Folks, I'm at home. That was a jam goddamn packed episode, was it not? It is nice. To be nice. To the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Libro Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. Uh.
I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.